welcome to another week of the Fiber Coven podcast. We're so happy to be here. We're going to talk about some yarn stuff and a little bit of witchy stuff on the side. I'm Lauren from Valkyrie Fibers. And I'm Emily from Kitty with a Cupcake. Hooray. Not too much opening stuff today. No real news. Um, We didn't finish anything because I am only knitting big projects right now and they look the same as last week. I'm doing less knitting than normal. And they also, you know, look pretty similar, but that's okay. That's how Mm -hmm. slow crafting hobbies work sometimes. Yeah, I know. I've just, yeah. Anyway, here is my um, shoe speech rug. I have like four rows left before I do the bind off and I'm really excited about it. You have a lot more purple than you had last week. It looks nice. Yes, it's definitely got a lot more purple going on in this fade. This is a brioche pattern, which is really nice. Gives the illusion of color work. I'll only use one color at a time. And this is the color I think I want to do for my bind, my I-cord bind off. It's a neon green from Teal Torch Knits. And I'm excited about it. I approve. Yeah, I'm glad Emily approves. It's a really nice (laughs) sunrisey sunrisey fade here i'll hold this up so you can see it a little better with the i'm so horny for pastels and neons like all the time but i've been extra horny for them recently so Mm -hmm. yeah if i show you the wrong side of the work it looks a little more neony um which is the side where the gradient is more prominent but on the side with the uh contrast yarn is more uh prominent Mm it definitely looks more pastel and the garter section looks pastel where they're together and i really 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 like that yeah it's right i think it's the prettiest fade and i'm excited to do my little sleeveies um like we talked about uh, last week i think i'm gonna block it first and then do the sleeves Mm -hmm. because i don't know how big it will block out Uh, i'm excited nice and i guess i'll just show you my other little project is i've been working more on your ripple crop top in the hand spun. It's still just a tube of three by three ribbing, but there's more of it now. You can see this is where I was last week. Ooh. I got another inch Ooh. and a half to an two inches. I'm almost done with the body. I'm gonna and- wear that thing so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's about six or seven inches of knitted tube. This is by Jesse Made Designs, who does lots of great stuff. Of course, it's all linked in the show notes, but yeah, this has been my really great vanilla project, but um, I haven't been knitting a ton this week. It's really cute. Yeah. I wear a lot of high-waisted skirts, so I think it's going to be really cute over a lot of my high-waisted skirts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wear a lot of um, high-waisted leggings and skirts and such, so I, that's how I really like wearing mine. Because like the last couple of years, I haven't really left my house outside of dog walking. Oh, I wore jeans yesterday. What a mistake. Hard pants. Why did terrible. I do that? <sighs> Not a fan. Not a fan. What have you been working on? The thing that I have mostly been working on is my socks because I went over to my brother and sister-in-law's this Pacquus weekend to play a board game with them. Mm -hmm. So I got some good board game knitting. So this is the first sock. It's all done now. These are my Regia Tomorrowland socks. Very cute. And I'm already this far on the second sock. Oh, wow. You've got like the whole leg. Mm Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep. So got pretty much the whole leg. Uh, I've got like, I don't know, an inch maybe before, uh, maybe even a half inch before I start the heel. Awesome. Um, Yeah. So that's fun. Probably going to work on them a bunch more this weekend too, because we have a friend staying with us. So I'm going to be doing a lot of like 
basic knitting. Mm-hmm. My other basic knitting is my shawl pattern for sock kits, mm-hmm. which is like, it looks pretty similar because we're the, the rows are so big right now, but it's like big. It's a big crescent style shawl with garter mm-hmm. stitch and some like extra big eyelets. Um, Very nice. And yeah, I, I'm at the point where I haven't been working on this in public as much because I want to weigh my ball. Um, mm-hmm. to see how far I'm getting. I think I still have like 20 grams left, so I don't even know that I need to be that worried about it. But yep, that's where that is. And that's nice. that's all my knitting. I did get rejected for one of the designs I submitted recently. So I think I'm going to just make that myself. It's just like a cable hat pattern. So mm-hmm. I have nice. a skein of Malabrigo um, Rios in my stash because I've been Malabrigo is really good about like sharing your patterns when you make patterns in their yarn. So I bought mm-hmm. that yarn to like make a random Malabrigo pattern. So I think I'm just going to like bust out that little worsted cable knit hat while it's still cold. Nice. nice. It's smart. Mm-hmm. I love so, it. Yeah. So I'll probably cast that on this weekend too. Nice. Fun. Yeah. And if you have, you know, just hanging out with friends time, if you're going to do like a basic ribbing, you can bust that out. While that's what I was thinking. Frozen. I could like get the ribbing done. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. Vanilla work for when you're socializing with people you enjoy. Yep. Yeah. Sweet. So light on the knitting content this week. I promise I'll try hard. Maybe, maybe if I push myself real hard, I can finish that shoe squeeze rug. I do want to see it on. I know me too. It's going to be a nice little, I think it's going to be really nice uh, during shoulder seasons to just throw on. Yeah. I like my uh, sucker punch shrug for that. And it's even like Mm -hmm. less warm than that shoe shoe Mm -hmm. shrug is going to be. It's nice for air conditioning. Like when it's like, Mm -hmm. you don't need Mm -hmm. anything outside, but when you go inside, it's a little chilly because of the air conditioning. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. Well, I guess if that's all the knitting content we have, you said you acquired some things. I got some stuff. Um, This weekend, I went to two different witchy shop locations. I went to Gold Heart Stones, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a crystal shop here in Kentucky. And I have bought things from them in their live sales on Facebook Mm -hmm. over the pandemic. But I have never been in person to the store. And I really wanted to Mm -hmm. go. And it was my sister's birthday yesterday. Happy belated birthday, sibling. And I, she also likes crystals. So I got her some to send her for her birthday present. Uh, nice. But I also got one for me because of course mm-hmm. I did. So I got this. Oh, really, it's really clear. Really clear, lovely smoky quartz that has like mm-hmm. ghosting crystal clusters and rutiles in it. It's hard to see very on nice. the camera it's right very now. Pretty. But yeah. And it's got like these really sparkly bits. It's a really nice little tower. Yeah, so I like it. It's smoky quartz, pretty rock. Rocks. Rocks. And then I also went to Herophany and Hedge this weekend because I dropped off my pins there. They aren't op- they aren't open. I dropped them off on Sunday and they- I think they don't open until Thursday, so they might be in the shop on Thursday. I'm not 100% sure. They said that they would send me a picture, so Maybe you can get them at Herophany and Hedge in Covington, which is exciting. Uh, But I had to buy things while I was there because, of course, I did. Uh, Mm -hmm. I got this cute little copper plate. Mm -hmm. 
And it's just like a little copper dish, but I thought it would be mm-hmm. good for photo shoots of the pins and stuff because it's like the oh, same yeah. color as the metal of the pins. And I already took some pictures like that and they were cool. So a little mm-hmm. small copper plate. And I also got this book. Ooh. Which, oh, from the people who do the, that tarot card yeah. set. Yeah. So it's Modern Witchcraft Book of Tarot um, by sky alexander and it's a basic semi-in-depth tarot book i'm making my own tarot deck and i just want like resources around basically Mm -hmm. but i thought that it was neat um it's basically just it's got like cards and the meanings and stuff but it also has like chapters that are like numerology and the tarot and like symbols and the tarot origin there's a whole origins of the tarot chapter so mm-hmm. i thought it would be good reading my only tarot book i have right now is the michelle t one so i just wanted another one and this one seemed nice i have already read the first two chapters and they were good so far cool if i see that one around i'll have to think about picking it up yeah it's nice yay yay and then the other last thing i got was my friend uh kaylee who is one of our patrons uh shout out to tricky lemon uh got me a present which is this nail stamping set that Hmm. is cool i've never done nail stamping uh but it has like special extra thick nail polish and you Mm -hmm. like put it in the little thingies Mm -hmm. and pick it up with the stamper and stamp it on your nails so i'm going to try and Mm -hmm. do that but there's really cool nerdy things there's like a full set of dnd dice that you can put Uh on your nails uh nice pixel arts and then there's some like skulls and stuff oh fun little anarchy symbol little uh oh, nice witchy pentagram with moon phases Ooh, so, i like that yeah so i think it'll be good for some photo shoot nails having some mm-hmm. really themed nails going on and it came yeah. with silver and a really pretty lavender uh, cool. stamping polish to use and she said mm-hmm. it's like it works with uh regular nail polish too the like stamping stuff mm-hmm. but this nail polish that comes with it like dries really quickly that helps you not smudge yep so i'm gonna try that i am fully assuming that they're gonna the first time i do it it's gonna suck because i'm not gonna be good at it yet so i'm gonna do maybe one of the simpler ones first mm-hmm. yeah yeah i like stamping for a little like accent nail or like background motifs i'm a sucker for the nerdy ones too yeah i've never done it before so mm-hmm. fun yeah. fun activities that's great that's sweet can we talk about a cult corner now i'm excited about this one yeah, I need to pull up my notes here. Yeah, this one was your idea that I was very excited about. This week, we're going to talk about Gargoyles. Yeah, not the 1990s TV show, but the architectural details found on medieval cathedrals. <laughs> yes. So uh, Gargoyles, uh, you probably picture them as like a little demon kind of guy with wings who's like perched on the edge of a building, partially from the 1990s TV show and uh, partially from some of the most famous ones on Notre Dame that look mm-hmm. like that. But those technically aren't gargoyles. Uh, actual gargoyle is kind of like a fancy gutter 
And it's a spout that is designed to move water away from the roof of buildings and away from the side of buildings. Um, because if water runs down the side of masonry buildings, it eventually erodes out the mortar in between the stones. Uh, so if you have a spout that shoots water off the side, that prevents water from just running down and ero- eroding things over time. And there's a trough in the back of the spout that like collects the water and then it like kind of points down. So the water runs out and travels out the hole on the end, which is usually a mouth. And the entomology of gargoyle comes from the French word gargoyle, which means throat or gullet. Mm-hmm. Um, and this comes from a seventh century French legend. Uh, yes. I looked this one up. This one's cool. So Do cool. you want to go into that one? One more thing about the entomology. It's mm. the same Latin root as mm. the modern English word to gargoyle. It's all like throat world, throat words. Like mm-hmm. many Latin languages have the G-A-R sound uh, for yeah. throat related things. Like gargle. Gargoyle. Gargoyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a seven. The legend of the gargoyles comes from a seventh century French legend that's like the Merovingian kings and all that good stuff. They have it's the legend of Saint Romulus of Rouen, and he's just your typical. It's Ro- I think it's Romanus. Oh, Romanus, that's right. But there's two Romanuses. There's one from France, which is the one we're talking about. Yes. Um. Yeah, Saint Romanus, and. It, I did note in my like looking up of this legend that this legend was written down in like the 1400s or the 1300s. It was written down way after. So it's just a, a old timey legend from the time of the Merovingian Kings. We have this St. Romanus and there was support, supposedly a dragon out in the countryside. And because he is a holy man and a saint, he goes out to slay the dragon or defeat the dragon. And he's accompanied by a convict. And he makes the sign of the cross, very lots of good Christian magic going on. And he tames the beast and he puts a leash around it made out of some part of his old clothing, uh, out of his clothing, like a scarf or like a section of his robes or something. And he leads this dragon back into the town where it can be executed for its dragony pillaging and burning crimes. But Mm -hmm. when they burn this dragon, its head and neck won't burn because it shoots fire out of that. So it's obviously immune to fire. And so they, uh, this indestructible dragon head and neck was put onto the church. Mm-hmm. And that was the first gargoyle story. But it also, the convict that assisted um, the saint, that's, it's kind of goes to the religious authorities' rules that they got to pardon people from time to time. So that was the root of some of their rules about pardoning the occasional condemned person. Yeah, and I saw that there was a festival there up until like the French Revolution that like maybe huh. involved pardoning a convict every year in honor of that legend. And also in some versions of the story, before he goes to tame the dragon, Romanus like barters with the town and is like, if I go take care of this dragon, then you guys are going to build a church and get baptized. So. Mm classic christian magic legend (laughs) those are always so fun Mm -hmm. yes yeah so that's a fun one so we were talking about the type of gargoyle that like you usually picture in your head first and that is a thing that's on medieval architecture and we're usually specifically talking about gothic architecture when we're talking about the style of architecture that has like lots of points and gargoyles and ornate details but those ones that don't actually have the water spout feature are technically called a grotesque or a chimera. 
if you're wondering what the word is for those. And we usually use the word gargoyle to refer to like this medieval European Gothic architecture, but it definitely is older than that. Ancient Egyptians and ancient Greeks also had water spouts that had like uh, figural heads, but they were typically animals. They were usually lions. Uh, And there's actually 39 lion head water spouts that still are visible on the Temple of Zeus. Yeah, I had seen that too. And I liked that uh, in the Greek and Hellenistic world of yesteryear, it was typically the lions and lions were then and still are associated with the sun, which is a different sort of vibe than the medieval Christian gargoyles. Like the lion being uh, related to the sun is more related to like strength and the rule of like the royalty, you know, happy, sunny things. Mm -hmm. But in the Egyptian case, it also might be related to some of their lion gods, which were also sun deities like Sekhmet and Bast. Yeah. And the ones that we're talking about in like the European Gothic style are kind of demonic looking. They are not human. They're not specifically recognizable animals. Historians pretty much believe that they are based off of like Celtic pagan imagery, uh, that that is where they come from, Uh, like Pan and like the same origins of where we get what we think Satan looks like coming from paganism. Um, That's where Mm -hmm. this typical gargoyle image comes from. Uh, But something that historians can't really agree on is why Christian churches uh, incorporated this into their architecture. There's kind of two competing theories on this. The first one is that uh, these gargoyles were meant to be a depiction of the types of evils that Christians could save themselves from. So like, it's a scary demon and you see that and you're like, oh, that's what's in hell. If I don't go to church, I'm going to go to hell and that scary demon's going to eat me or whatever. And then the other kind of reason for maybe why these kind of monsters were placed on these uh, religious buildings was to actually attract pagans who had an idea of like mythical animals like this being protectors or wards against evil. So the pagans would maybe see these figures and feel that the church was a place of safety that was being guarded by these like animals. And there's examples of documentation from the medieval era that support both of those. There's like versions of priests being like, yeah, we'll get those dumb pagans in here with these scary things. Um, (laughs) And versions of people being like, this is meant to scare them. So I think that both can be true. I feel Mm -hmm. like it's reasonable that they were trying to evoke images of hell and trying to attract uh, and convert pagans to the church. Yeah. And they were really good uh, visual for something that uh, someone might, you know, be talking about in churchy stuff, because this was, of course, back in the day where there was lots of uh, serfdom and there was it was before the printing press. So not only was uh, were books extremely hard to come by, practically nobody could read them. So you really needed uh, visual imagery instead of written word. Yep. Mm hmm. Yeah, so that's all my historical stuff. I have a couple fun facts. Well, really, it's just one fun fact. Uh, the the semi-historical fun fact is that those winged ones that you picture from Notre Dame are not actually medieval. They were added during an 1800s restoration to the church mm-hmm. by a sculptor. Um, so they're not actually original, just like the water spouty type ones were original to Notre Dame. And those perching ones were added later. They're still cool, though. 
And then my really fun fact is that there is a Darth Vader grotesque on the Washington Natural National Cathedral in D.C. And there was a 1980s competition run by National Geographic World uh, to create different grotesques for the building. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's not a water spout one. It's like a figural one. It's like just Darth mm-hmm. Vader's helmet, basically. And Christopher Ratter, who was 11 years old, won third place with his drawing of Darth Vader. And it's on the Northwest Tower, which is like the tower that's on the dark side of the building, which is clever. Um, but it's very difficult to see with just your eyes. You would need binoculars to be able to spot it if you're going and looking for it there. In just my Google image searching of gargoyles, I saw a cool one from the 90s that was like the alien from yeah, the titular. Yeah, I, I saw that one too. It's sweet. <laughs> the titular alien of the alien series. Yep. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. If you uh, like that sort of thing, definitely Google image searching all sorts of different uh, gargoyles is really cool. Like all there's from everywhere in the Mediterranean, uh, from pre-Christian times, there's tons of really cool ones, like the lion ones from the Greeks and the Egyptians. There's cool ones from like Mesopotamia and Anatolia, which are very neat. Just so much cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a lot of them in Pittsburgh for some reason. There's a lot of Gothic revival huh. architecture in Pittsburgh and a lot of the sculptors were really into making gargoyles. So there's an extra lot of them there. <laughs> think we should bring back gargoyles it's just cool yeah mm-hmm. it's sweet yeah mm-hmm. i think we should have more monsters in our buildings these days me too they're so fun i was on a walk with my partner before this and he told me and i was he was asking because he often asks what our cold corner topic would be He's like, are you going to talk about the keg stand modification called the gargoyle and i'm like i don't know that one i don't it's know that one either when, <laughs> it's apparently where you crouch on top of a keg like a gargoyle and suck beer out of the tube excellent yes yes that was my fun fact for the day kind of historically accurate because the gargoyle is like sucking water from the building (laughs) yeah no no it might be a reverse one because usually the water pours out of the mouth of the gargoyle but this one uh, liquid's going in (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) well great that was a really fun little discussion of gargoyles Mm -hmm. sweet I think that's about it for us this week. We don't really have any promo. I just have a little bit that my next shop update will be a big Tolkien theme update for the there and back again, knit along, make along. It'll be on the first Sunday of February, which is February 6th. And that is open to anybody who wants to make any Tolkien theme project in any sort of fiber craft. Yay. Yay. Come hang out with us. Sweet. And uh, is that it? Mm-hmm. Well. If you're looking for us anywhere around the internet, just head on over to fibercoven.com. You can find links to our Patreon. You can find links to Emily's patterns and my yarns and anything you would wish to know about us that is public. Yes. <laughs> and I'm going to update the news section to have a direct link to the make along discord for people to find. Oh, that's so helpful. Thank you, friend. Yes. Great. So until next week, Kevin, keep making yarn magic. Bye. Bye.